0: We're live, motherfuckers! I bet JJ yeah. didn't think I was actually going to say that. But hey, what up? Welcome to episode 5 of White Heat, a wrestling podcast presented by Gazilla Media. I'm Brian Katie. That's JJ Alexander. We're chilling. We're clanging and banging, whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> to- totally a meathead term. I just used the clanging and banging, but whatever. Uh, JJ, what's good? How was your-, your weekend? I know we're a little late doing this. I was sick. JJ had stuff going on. So, too much shit happened. Yeah. I'm man. just
1: happy to like, I had to like tear down my workshop to put this back up, but whatever. At least I'm not like making shit right now. So, I got to sleep in today.
0: Good shit. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. It, it, what's interesting is I felt myself starting to get sick while I was announcing a baseball game Tuesday night. And I was thinking, hey, maybe it's just the allergies because the pollen's flying around. No big deal. Then I woke up Wednesday morning. <laughs> Woo-wee! Um, it, I felt like shit so much. I was actually like, "Hun," because she's office manager at a, my primary uh, primary doctor's office. Yeah. I was like, hon, come, come back home on lunch and bring a COVID test with you. Just to be safe. Just to be safe. Like yeah. I wasn't having any symptoms of like losing taste or anything like that, but I was just, like, I'd rather be safe than sorry. Thankfully, right. that came back negative. It was just a badass cold, but uh, you know, still a little sinusy. Might even hear it a little bit in the throat, but we're good. We're good to rock and roll here. Um, so let's just dive right into it. First thing, I'm going to get heated before we even talk about the in-ring product for WWE this past week. So. I'm not sure if you saw this shit going around on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Um, but somebody uh, or, or a group of people have been out there trying to defend Andrade and AEW with this excuse, and I shit you not, <laughs> they basically said AEW will succeed with Andrade because WWE doesn't know how to work with international stars with issues speaking English and foreign accents. Sure. I, I, I need I need to again who, who's the, who's the billion dollar company? Who's the company with like a billion dollar TV deal with Fox and USA and NBC Universal? Who who's the company with uh, a a a, a A streaming availability for not just their current content, but pretty much all their historical content, including territorial content of WCCW, NWA, uh, and all kinds of other shit. Um, Who's also got streaming content for the European companies they work with now, like Progress, like ICW, like WXW. Um, Let me think here. God, what's the name of that company? Hold on. I know it's on the tip of my tongue. Give me a second. (laughs) Oh, that's right. It's WWE motherfuckers. Like, how how asinine is this logic? Because I'm at a point where, like, this is how done with AEW fans I am. I didn't watch Dynamite Friday night. And I avoided Twitter. The entire time that show was on Friday night because I just didn't want to deal with it. I, 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 I'm I, almost at a point where – and I don't want to be that guy, but I'm almost at a point where I'm done. And it's not just because of the fans, but I'm almost at a point where I'm just done with AEW in general. Like the fans are are are, are ruining the product, and that's partially why I'm like that, but – like, am, am I off base with where I'm going with this?
1: No, not at all. I just think it's hilarious that I'm the one who has been boycotting AEW since they first started on DB. I actually caught the last five minutes of Dynamite on Friday night.
0: Oh, God, what was it?
1: It was fucking terrible. It was fucking... Adam Page and one of the Dark Order against powerhouse Hobbs and fucking oh Bob him Hardy. and
0: ten against and then oh okay I did catch the clip of that where if I remember correctly Starks throws in the FTW title Cage throws the belt down and gets into it with Hobbs yeah okay yeah I saw that remember clip the
1: match went another four minutes after that
0: <sighs> <laughs> you know <laughs> that, that makes sense. See, now, for me... Oh, I agree, it doesn't make sense. But for me, I'm not so sure if that's... Because here's the here's the one thing. I don't think there's anybody on this planet... Fan, Dave Meltzer, I don't give a shit what you are. I don't think there's a person on this planet right now that could tell me, with 100% certainty, unless they're employed by AEW, what the fuck their creative... And matchmaking processes. Like you you can't sit there and tell me. That for sure. There are agents. Working specific matches. And not just giving finishes. But helping build the quote unquote. Scripting of those matches. So if this is a case where. It's very freelance. And they're letting these guys. Call their own shit essentially. Very for lack of better phrase. Very indie of them then that's on the talent for for scripting this match that way. That's their own fuck-up. Um, if it's a case where their agent sat through them discussing the match and was like, that all sounds good, then that's on the agent for not fuck speaking the fuck-up. So I'm not going to totally condemn anyone specifically on that one, but I agree that's fucking stupid. I'll give you that. It is fucking stupid. Because um, you know, you know damn well, if it's a Vince show, the Batch is going home within 30 seconds of that shit happening. yeah. That's like, a that's a clear-cut cue. Okay, this is the finish. I better not fast-forward anymore. Like, you know. You just fucking know. Um, but I just... I... I'm trying to think. I mean, Jesus Christ. The... Oh, I, I, okay. I got it. I got it. I got it. Remind me again. Throw out a couple of names that going way back the WWWF. Give me a couple of names. That company was built on to eventually become WWE. Just
1: Pedro give me Morales, a Pedro Morales, Bruno San Martino. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay, okay, what do all those guys have? <laughs> They're men's and men's when it comes to the English language. Okay? <laughs> Fuck off! You know what I mean? Like, and then if you want to keep going, you have Iron Sheik, Ivan Koloff, I mean, I mean, <laughs> Nikolai Volkov, yep. um Mr. Fucking Fuji. Yeah. Um, the, wild like it. <laughs> um, the Wild Samoans. The Wild Samoans. I mean, this is going to be harsh to say, but he isn't exactly, you know, uh, a, a great public speaker. Tony Atlas. <laughs> I mean he he may be he may be a connoisseur of feet, but he's not a connoisseur of the English language necessarily. Um, <laughs> Cellphone. If if you if you don't know what I mean by that, just go Google something involving Tony Atlas and feet, and you'll be you'll be dead laughing for days. Oh, I'll um, tell
1: the Tony Atlas story for you sometime.
0: Oh boy! <laughs> oh man!
1: And it involves some New York guys, so it'll be even funnier to you.
0: I do remember hearing a story about Tony Atlas asking certain female talent to walk on top of him in the long. Oh
1: yeah, that that happens every show.
0: So I mean. <laughs> Let that be and that's just the tip of the iceberg with him. That's just that's sugar coated shit. Um it's just I um I, I don't know. I'm I am oh do not know. Like the logic the logic of wrestling fans just kills me. Now here's the other half of it. Since we're still on the topic of AEW. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take this banner down. Actually, there's, there's two more parts because I thought of another one. So I'll mention the one I just thought of first because it's less irritating. It's just dumb.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Impact Wrestling. Had a segment this past week. Scott D. Moore in the ring with a microphone, which is problem number one. <laughs> Problem number two, they then brought down Tony Khan to the ring with a microphone and the Uh A.W. banner emblazoned on the big screen that Impact has. That's problem number two. Then problem number three. Well, not really problem number three because he actually kind of saved the segment because he is who he is. Don Callis comes to the ring with a microphone. So... Obviously, you know the discussion was going to be about? About Kenny Omega and how they're going to book the impact title going forward for the next month. Which ended up being a match with Moose and then a match with Sam and Callahan eventually.
1: Which they completely flubbed at the fucking TNA pay-per-view.
0: Fucking shit. What are what what like what 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 what, what like This has all the modern-day modifications of Super Clash 3, one fucking AWA tried working with Continental and World, world class. class, and I think there was another promotion mixed in there, too. I want to, I don't think it was Mid-South. It might have been an incarnation of it, though. I think yeah. there was a fourth small promotion involved. Yeah. But this is turning into... A, a 2021 version of that where it's just like, there's no winner in this. Yep. There's only all losers. Yep. Like hey, like Tony Khan probably thinks, Oh, this is a win because we're getting extra publicity. We're spreading the AEW brand on so a second show. No, there's no winning because the shit you're doing to spread the brand is not entertaining and not funny.
1: No, I'm pretty sure Tony Khan isn't looking at this as a more viewers with impact. I think he's looking at it as a way to kill a company so much that he can buy it for peanuts,
0: and then do what? Have the library? Your talents are already. Your talent roster is already super inflated as it is. You're not going to bring on all that talent, right? So basically, but I'll have the get... oh, I'll have so you use want to. Oh great! So we can start an oh. AEW network. Oh great! But then you're gonna Unemploy like 150 people.
1: do you think he gives a fuck? <sighs> like that's the like end game. Him. That's the end game. Since he got since he got in Demore's ear to be like, hey, hey, <sighs> we'll have Penny on your show, but never on your live pay per views. Only on your pre tape shows. And then, hey, hey, I've got a great idea. We're going to pre-tape his title match in an empty dailies place. Because he can't be bothered to travel fucking 20 minutes.
0: Oh, yet he's
1: going to go to Mexico. But, But he's so hurt and he's so injured that he's already considered retiring. Fucking do it.
0: But here's... Which then brings up A a flaw I see here. Like, is Triple A that desperate for buys that they would.
1: They're not desperate for buys. They want to keep an open relationship with an American televised company.
0: So, what's wrong with WWE?
1: When's the last time Triple A worked with WWE? See? They are taking the path of least
0: resistance. Last time. Like they Probably with, late they 90s.
1: Worked, right. They worked with Impact, and they, they fucking did the shit with Impact, but like, Impact has hardly any
0: viewership in America. So they're working... The oh, wait a minute. Don't they resistance. work with
1: Ring of Honor as well?
0: Oh, that's CMLL. Never mind.
1: Right, exactly. And so they're going with the path of least resistance on, oh, well, this is a company that's on a national cable network. That says they want to work with us. So yeah, we'll throw our belt on your guy for whatever amount of time until they tell him to kick fucking rocks, and then they pulled the shit that they had to do with MLW. Well, they they didn't have to do with MLW, but they did it. Where they were like, okay, we'll put this fucking title on Leo Rush, and they're like, wait, Leo Rush is a piece of shit. We're not fucking acknowledging that title.
0: Anymore. They legit did that. <laughs> which reminds me, now he's put MLW in a weird spot. How? Wasn't he their middleweight champion? He dropped,
1: it to, he dropped it to Myron Reed on the last taped episode of the last season. They were Court Bauer's smart. Kurt Bauer is smart.
2: <laughs> well, we,
0: we, we, we knew that. We fucking knew that. <laughs> oh, man. Which actually, since we just transitioned into it a little bit, <laughs> I'm 50. I'm personally 60 40 on this. I'm calling 60% bullshit. And the only reason I'm giving him 40% possibly true that this is really a retirement is because I'm i not a doctor. So when he's posting shit about his AC joint popping out of his shoulder, I. The, I, I I don't know how to medically explain that. So I'm just I'm just at a point where all I know is this. If it's anything like a hip joint, Bo Jackson was never the same once he dislocated his hip and had to get a hip replacement. Yeah. So if it's anything like that, then I'm not gonna completely put it past him that this could be a real retirement. However, but it's Leo Rush, so he's put himself in the position with his reputation where I can't put 100% certainty behind it.
1: Yeah, however, you got to realize this. Yes, Bo Jackson was never the same, but fucking Big Show had his hip replaced X amount of years ago and went into the best shape of his life. It's a different ballgame nowadays. And also, it's Leo Rush, and I don't believe in what he
0: said. But how much was the hip wear and tear, and how much of it was the fact he was always carrying around 400 to 500 pounds?
1: I think it was both. Because like, they did the, the they did the, the chronicle
0: on him. I like thought. the AC joint, the A C joint the shoulder could have been just Leah Rush being a fucking idiot with something he did in the ring. Yeah. So Yeah. Like so, I don't know the exact yeah. moment it happened. I like he said it was in the Battle Royal, I believe. The Battle it's, Royal.
1: It's only match he's worked recently.
0: Yeah. So well, I mean he's done a couple indie these shows since they've opened things back up, but I don't know. Like if I really cared enough, I would try to go back and watch the battle Royal and see if I can pinpoint when it happened, but I just don't <laughs> fucking care enough. Um, well, that sounds awful for a wrestling podcast host, but it's honest. Cause it's a, e fucking W. Um, it's,
1: it's, it's fucking Leo Rush. He pulled the same shit. Like he's already retired like two or three times. like, I just want to throw in a retirement pool of Leo Rush, Davey Richards, and ACH, and just like, like, like fucking lottery balls, like fucking seriously. By the way, Davey is booked for back a, MLW right yeah.
0: now. Yeah, I saw his face on that post. I'm like, no. You want be bad? An EMT. Go want be bad? an EMT.
1: You want bad? Go on their YouTube channel and watch the interview they did with him when they when he announced it. And he's like in his fucking basement. This is my workshop. Shut up. He's in his fucking basement and fucking like it's just 10 minutes of drek.
0: It's terrible. Well, Davey was never a good microphone guy anyway, so. Hence why
1: he never got signed by any of the big boys. Um, his tag team partner, on the other hand, different story.
0: <laughs> didn't Eddie have a tryout at one point, too? Well, they had a try out like, as a tag team, didn't they?
2: Yeah.
0: Did they try out the wolves at one point when they were still in Ring of Honor? Yeah, okay, I thought. so. I, thought I remember out that. NXT, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I thought I, I thought I remember that. I love um, it.
1: Talking hasn't always been a strong strong point, but I love Eddie.
0: I just uh, can he just stick with being EMT and banging Angelina Love? Like, isn't that good enough for you in life? I got nothing. He, you get to bang a blonde chick with fake tits and go save lives for a living. Like, what's wrong with that? It's not sorry. enough. I, I, it, I, had, I had, had, to s- had to say, high. I had to be a perv for five seconds, okay? I'm sorry, but... He needs that adrenaline high. Uh, whatever. Ugh.
1: Right, but I mean, you know, Leo just, he just pulled this recently last year when you did that reality show
0: and was all like, oh, I'm done with wrestling. I conquered the world of wrestling, so now I'm doing this. It was can fucking I, whatever he did. Can, can I pull a kind of awkward connection here? Sure. Oh, man. Now, I'm not saying he's ever going to get into the state of mind this person wound up in or physically fucked up the way this person did it. Doesn't Davey kind of make you think of Dynamite Kid in a way? Yes and no. Like again, I'm not saying he's gonna get mentally fucked up like that or um get a terrible back injury that makes him paralyzed or whatever, but I don't know, like and that's what I always thought when I like I'm, I'm I didn't and I wasn't using it as a glorifying thing when I would watch him in a ring of honor back in the day. But I was just kind of like, I don't know. There was just something about the way he carried himself as a character per se that was just kind of like, like, I, like the the, the cop out would have been, oh, he's just like Benoit, and I was like, mm, no, it's a little more kid than a little more kid yeah. than Benoit. Yeah. So, um, any the return. We get a big return tonight on Raw. Yeah. Do I need to say any more, or do you know what I'm what I'm saying? Okay, let's move on. This bitch. Which is funny, because it leads into that. See? We're Segway. It's all Segways today, buddy. Um, so this is something that I thought about while watching Raw and SmackDown this past week. And I did the math in my head. I actually did it last night, too, while I was watching TakeOver. When you think about it, we're going to exclude Tamina and Natalya for the sake of this conversation because they're the women's tag team champions, which means they're essentially the only two multi-brand wrestlers in the entire fucking company, but that's whatever. So they'd technically be on the SmackDown side usually, but for now, we're excluding them. SmackDown, you have Bianca the Champion, Bayley, Carmella, Liv Morgan.
1: Sasha's coming back when they hit TV again.
0: Right, Sasha. But again, Sasha hasn't been around since WrestleMania. So they technically have five talent. Five talents. Only four of which are currently active, per se. You look at Raw. You have Charlotte, Rhea, Asuka, Nikki. You have... Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke, you have – who else? They're still talents. I'm sorry. Um, Naomi. (laughs) I know, but you know what I mean. Naomi, um, Shayna Baszler, you have Nia Jax, Alexa Bliss. Then factor in, you have technically, because they're all under contract still, three others on maternity leave. Yeah. Lacey Evans, Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey.
1: Ronda's not under contract right now.
0: Well, she's still listed on the roster.
1: Of course. They're
0: going to fucking so, keep
1: her there. We'll so, throw her out.
0: Then. Not so, there's, so we'll throw her out. That's two on maternity <laughs> leave. For those counting at home, that's 12 on Raw, five on SmackDown. Actively, 10 to four. Like... It's no wonder like as much as I love SmackDown right now well not right now but in general I much say I love SmackDown compared to Raw that just handicaps anybody who's women's champion at this point on that brand.
1: Yeah.
0: Cuz like obviously it, if I were to project out you would say Bailey Bianca goes until SummerSlam. Yeah. Hypothetically. Mm-hmm. Or at least goes through Money in the Bank. And then if Sasha does return between Money in the Bank and Summerslam. Maybe you have a three way, okay? And then after that, all you have is Carmela and
1: Liv Morgan. Well, they've been they've been cooling their they've been cooling their heels on Mia Yim showing up on SmackDown. She, they're just waiting to fucking pull the trigger on it. So you've got one more there. I'm not saying it's the greatest greatest solution, but you've at least got one more person coming. Um, there's just been an issue with. Female talent. Like, it's, they cut a lot of them. And,
0: well, yeah, they just cut, they just cut Ruby and Lana, but. And, like, I mean, what good like, was Lana and Ruby? I mean, Ruby was just in a bad spot where she, I don't think they were ever going to give her a legit shot, anyways.
1: Yeah. I mean, it looks like, it, it seems like they're going to put EO on SmackDown, but now they all of a sudden threw her back on NXT to do this bullshit. With uh, Indy Hartwell Which like Her and Candice have already had their fucking run And her and Indy will be the shits because I mean EO can fucking work with almost anyone But Indy Hartwell is fucking terrible
0: I don't know It's
1: Like what are they going to do Put the NXT women's tag titles on EO, Shirai, and Poppy
0: <laughs> I don't think I mean... trips would be that dumb We had Braun Strowman and a little kid. For one day. (laughs) Nicholas. That was I was trying to think while I when I said that what the fuck is the kid's name was. Nicholas fucking uh, cones kid. Yeah. Oh man. Oh
1: dude, that, that argument got brought up online this past week, and I fucking
0: wanted to kill people. Because I know it was just for one day. I just felt like saying it. Okay.
1: I know, but it got brought up because it's like fucking, like, oh, you didn't complain when WWE did it, like, because it was for one day. Because bringing up fucking Brody Lee's kid and now they keep fucking traipsing him out. Now he wasn't a lot on TV because he didn't have good grades.
0: Oh my god! Since when did having good grades work? Since when was that required to get in the wrestling business? I never uh, knew that. It's, it's fucking the, the the whole
1: point of having that fucking kid around is just beating a dead fucking horse. Almost literally. And fucking like and it's all oh, AEW's doing right by him because they're gonna they, he said they'll have a job waiting for him when he turns eighteen. It's fucking hilarious that these motherfuckers think AEW's still gonna be around in ten years.
0: Um yeah. I mean I don't know. I'm just it, it, it's it's exploitative, I'll give you that. It's exploitative. <laughs> like I, I I'm I'm not It's exploitative and and borderline tasteless, I guess would be the best way to put it.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um so I know we just kind of glossed over it, um, but I want to go back to it for just a quick second since we're talking about the female talent WWE. Okay. I know there's talk that Eva Marie is not actually coming back as a wrestler. Yeah. So then... <sighs> You're going
1: to add one more female talent to Raw, and there's even more of an imbalance.
0: Well, here's my thing. If she's just a manager, I'm not really gonna count that as talent per se.
1: Well, no, because they said that she's gonna her she's gonna have muscle. she's basically gonna be Brandy Rhodes. So and so they're they're talking about her managing a female talent, but
0: don't I'm don't gonna put out two. okay. And then they are two most logical options, I think. Okay. Given the shared backgrounds, I would say Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. Oh god. Oh god, that's so terrible. I, I know, but that's the only logical selections I can think of. Unless you're really gonna put her with Nia Jax if you really want to go for the muscle per se.
1: The the rumors were that they were gonna put her with either Mercedes or Piper Niven. Which
0: Mercedes obviously is
1: not finished up in NXT and uh right. I, I don't see Vince pulling the trigger on Viper. Unfortunately, I think she's amazing. I don't think I don't see Vince pulling the fucking trigger on her.
0: I I agree on all, all counts. I agree on all counts. Um Yeah, I just I don't know. Obviously we're gonna find out, Because um, as we are doing this on June fourteenth, it's Monday afternoon, so we're obviously gonna find out tonight. Um yeah, I'm just uh, – right. the whole thing just rubs me the wrong way, but I guess we'll wait and see what happens. All right, so real quick before we get into in-ring stuff with WWE, um, for those of you – like, I'm a, I'm a nerd. So when I saw the tweet about this over the weekend, I, I nearly threw my phone and jumped around in, in celebration. Uh, Pro Wrestling Grill is returning on August 1st. Let's go. Let's go! California Wrestling! Let's go! Now, if you don't know PWG, let me just say, first of all, if you, if you don't know Pro Wrestling Gorilla, shame on you. <laughs> Second of all, because that just means you're a fucking idiot who only watches, who only believes in WWE or anything that's on TV. Okay? Go fuck yourself. That's number one. Number two, uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla is probably... That could be wrong on this assumption, but when you think of the talents that have been booked by PWG and the talents that have then eventually come into WWE, it's probably the most scouted promotion by WWE talent scouts. I mean, when you, well, or at least one of in the US. I mean obviously they had Evolve, but they then brought up Evolved, so what the fuck are they dead gonna get like there's like you're not gonna get anything from there anymore. So what's next? I mean you think PWG's up there, you would think um Beyond is up there for the Northeast. Um I'm just I, think it's a matter,
1: the I think it's a matter of consequence. I think there are people they look at and then places they go to see how to, to see different settings on how they work i think that yes there's been a lot of people who've been signed by wwe that have gone through for, that have gone through gorilla however it's they've also worked x amount of other companies throughout the company uh, throughout the country i think it's a matter of consequence like do i believe that you know like there's been times where like trips and regal have been like Backstage at PWG or they've sent Someone to watch someone yes obviously Because they want to see how they work in front of a Small crowd versus How they work in front of a larger crowd Versus smaller crowds where they Are and they want to see how they react To different audiences on each coast That's the thing because They they, you know like because evolve Dealt a lot more with the east Coast gorilla always had west coast So I think So like I said like you know people seem to think that like, you know, like if they get booked to pro wrestling gorilla, that they're a made man. And that's not the fucking case
0: because, no, I mean, just look at the the Mexican talent. They were booking for the last year before they, before COVID stopped them. And have you seen any of that Mexican talent really get on WWE or even AEW? No, they, they, they weren't, they haven't done anything really. So they're pretty, they're pretty much just brought into PWG because regionally they're available and they make sense. And they're, you know, they're, they're pretty decent. Um, Right, but I mean that's there's a good example.
1: Right, but I mean there's other companies that run in California that don't that play that people get signed from that a lot of people don't look at. I forget the name of the company, but there's one that like constantly runs in the Cow Palace. It's not PWG that has uh-huh. like, a lot of fucking talent. Like that's where Jacob Fatu came from. But
0: mm-hmm. PWG it's will. Come from. What? That's where any Simone tends to come from. <laughs> no, they come from
1: Pennsylvania. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen, Cal, Cal, Cal Palace was like I Peter know, My I know. was God. I right? know, I know, <laughs> I know. Yeah. No. But the thing is Pro Wrestling
1: Gorilla, while like they have this huge fan base and everything, and I know I'm gonna catch a lot of heat for this, but uh they're the ones that made the fucking Young Bucks famous, so uh they've got a strike against them for me.
0: They have a strike against them because they happen to make the tag team you hate the most in wrestling popular. I'm sorry. like Because that was what PWG got famous for was spot fest after spot fest
1: after spot fest after spot fest after spot fest.
0: They also helped make Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong famous beyond Ring of you Honor. Just,
1: you just did not know. Number one, Kyle, fucking Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, and Roderick Strong. Number one, Strong was in Ring of Honor for long before the other two. Number two, those three got over because they were getting booked by Carnet at the time. <laughs> Number three, guess what? You just need three more people that I can't fucking stand.
0: Oh, man. Oh, boy. I struck a nerve. I struck a nerve, folks. I struck a nerve. Oh, boy. um, I had something in my head that I was going to bring up, but I just totally blanked now. Um. <laughs> I struck a nerve with you, and all of a sudden, I forgot what the hell I was going to bring up. Wow, I'm an ass. Um, oh, I think, Brian, hold on. I don't fucking know. Whatever. Um, all right, let me just shift right in here. Let's just go right into the week in review for TV. So here's what I'm going to do.
2: <laughs>
0: just to give perspective, because of when we are doing this recording... Um, I'm just going to look through my phone real quick and see if anything really... I'm going to be honest. There wasn't really anything of substance that happened on NXT TV, so I'm honestly going to skip over that. If that's okay with you.
1: It was the go. It was
0: a go home that had a couple good matches and mostly segments that were just setting up shit that was already...
1: We got the setup for fucking Poppy versus fucking The (laughs) Way.
0: Which kind of funny um
1: however the fucking press conference they did on saturday that they re-aired right before um the pre-show on sunday was really fucking good like it was like promo class to the next level
0: here's one thing i will mention about the nxt tv show quick um another thumbs up for me to hit row oh yeah I think, well, I mean, Swerve is were like, you know, you're going to get something good out of him typically. But that whole dynamic they have created with the, that quartet is just improving every week, I think. Um, yeah. And the way they handled that, uh, that match with Killian Dane and the involvement of Drake Maverick was just. Yeah. So they're. They know what they're doing. Believe it or not, WWE knows what they're doing with a faction. Oh my god! Um, so we're gonna jump into Raw. I'm trying to think if there's anything really that pops out. Uh, give me two seconds. I am deleting a note off my phone. All right. Um, tag team battle royal to crown number one contenders let off the show. War Raiders, interesting. Choice. don't know if I like it or love it. I mean, you're giving more time for you to... <sighs> but I don't know if I really wanted more time of New Day versus RK, bro. Like, uh, I almost feel like it's worn out its existence, but they're still pushing it anyways. Um, so I... <sighs> You obviously weren't gonna have Lindsay Dorado win as a one man team. You weren't gonna have Morrison win as a one man team. Mason T Bar, I just don't see them ever doing anything with, so I guess the Raiders were the de facto choice there. I I mean, listen, good for good for uh good for those two guys, but I don't know, I'm indifferent about it. <laughs> I'm assuming you you're kinda of the same way. Who-
1: you you need someone who's going to look like a fucking challenge against fucking Matumbo. That's why they're doing it.
0: Matumbo. I was going to go for a new bull, but okay. Um No, Manute bull had legs that were like this wide. True. He did have <laughs> six legs. He looked like you know, he don't he look like you know he he look like he look like the human version of like the, the clown on stilts. Yeah. That's what Manute that's what Manute bull kind of looked. Anyways, um then you had more of this Elias and Riker shit. I'm just not liking it. Riker looks um, like
1: shit. It'll even more like shit now.
0: Oh, the, the now head shape. The,
1: now he's got the dad cut. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> um Drew and Bobby contract signing. That was what it was, the fucking contract signing.
1: You know something? Uh, it was a good promo from Drew though.
0: I'll give you that.
1: It was a good promo. Uh, it set up a stipulation where now we see if they put the title back on Drew or he they are really gonna off.
0: use Lashley until SummerSlam.
1: Right. Or you oh yeah, and if they tread water with Drew until they fucking slap him back over on, they slap him over on to SmackDown come come fucking Labor Day
0: weekend. So here's and here's an interesting question. One would assume at least one of your two World title matches are going to be a big time match. Which one is it at this point? The way, like the way things are being booked, you'd assume they're trying to set up. Actually, I came. I can't even say that. Like, I want to say there's going to be an implosion at some point with Roman and Jay and uh, Jimmy. By the way, way to jerk us off on SmackDown. We'll get to that in a second. Um. That that was a clusterfuck, but whatever. Um, on the other side, what is there beyond Drew and Bobby? Brock. Oh, no kidding. Um, yeah. Nope. Look, what the fuck is there? What, so I, I don't. I am not seeing it.
1: So what? They're 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 in a rebuild state, right? Now where they finish, they finish off Drew and Bobby at this one. Obviously, the Bobby Lashley experiment has failed and failed and miserable because ratings keep going down. Nobody cares. Just as I predicted, nobody fucking cares. So, it's time for Lashley to fucking go fucking silently into the fucking good night and fucking retire. In the meantime, Drew is versatile enough where he can work With other people where you can Try to pull a little more out of Kofi You can See how well Keith Lee is doing And possibly start bringing him back You can start fucking building up other people Like I said it's it only takes A matter of two months to build up someone A main event level That's what Kofi Mania proved Like it just takes the right nudge And the right fucking bugs on the internet To fucking do it
0: Go ahead you don't think your bugs on the internet are being assholes and trying to say they want Brock and Lashley?
1: They've been saying they want Brock and Lashley for fucking fuck how long now? That's my That's point. At least a decade. That's yeah. my point. But you know something? There's a difference between the bugs Vince puts out on the internet and the hundred and thirty five fanboys who sit there on every fucking post saying, I want Brock versus Lashley. Nobody wants Brock versus Lashley. If there was money in Brock versus Lashley, Vince would have fucking done it already. Two especially with the height of MMA, two former MMA guys going against each other, Vince would have fucking tacked that in just like he did when shoving down fucking Saudi Arabian blood money and giving fucking what's his name a fucking title shot in his only goddamn match. The fucking Spanish dude fucking, came out Rey Mysterio. Oh,
2: fucking Kane fucked Vel- up his knee in the
1: first 10 seconds. Cane Velasquez, yes, that's it. I don't fucking watch UFC. It bores me. Why? Because it's a fucking work.
0: I, I'm not going there. UFC's I'm a not, fucking work. I am not touching that with a 50-foot pole. UFC pole. is a
1: fucking work and has been for 15 years.
0: Dana! Dana White, line one. It's Changing a Alexander, work. Save shits of work. It's a fucking work. Oh my god! Oh man! Oh, we are not going down that road. Um, <laughs> there's, there's there's another name we have not brought up yet, and I don't want to bring it up. <sighs> Do you want to guess the other name that's in my head? And again, I don't like it. I hate it. I loathe it. I despise it. I hate it more than Brock. Oh, come on. Who'd they bring in for a one-off with Drew at one point? What, Goldberg? Nah. Goldberg's done. Goldberg I, got I, hurt I, walking I hope... to
1: the ring that night.
0: Listen, I hope so, too. I'm just saying. I'm.
1: Uh... They've learned their
0: lesson with that shit.
1: Even Goldberg would be like, I like money, but no. <laughs>
0: I'm just trying to think. I mean, I... Oh, man. Problem is, I don't think he's being called up. So I can't... I don't even if it's even worth even using my imagination with this name.
2: What?
0: Bebe? Bebe? Oh fuck him! Listen, if, that fucking let me let me see comes
1: the, up, We'll go to SmackDown and fucking get rid of event. Listen,
0: listen. If there seems to be one talent, Triple H is sticking his dick in the ass of, and wants to ride. He was doing it. He was doing it when he was still NXT champion. I'm just saying, like. When the pandemic first hit, they were pushed, um, what, what, was it when the pandemic first hit? I'm trying to remember. I'm trying, uh, whatever. That fall, where they were just pushing him to the moon, where they set up, oh, it was 2019. The fall of 2019, when they were setting up the NXT SmackDown Raw Survivor Series.
1: Yeah, they set that up so that, so that Vince let Trip have his fucking bone with that, and then afterwards, Vince went, look, the fucking pay-per-view guys didn't go up. Nobody cares your experiments over. Because, yeah, because remember, that was the fucking Survivor Series where fucking NXT was on top the whole fucking night, and it was fucking great. And all of us that really fucking love NXT were like, this is fucking great. And what happened? Nothing. Because Vince gave... Vince let Trips have his fucking way. That was the year of let Developmental have its way. Because that was the year of NXT getting over on SmackDown. That was the year of the fucking Evolution pay-per-view. That was... That that was Vince's fucking. I'm gonna let you fucking have your way here, and then at the end of the year, I went all right. Now time's done, and it's time for the grown ups to fucking go back.
0: All right, then let me throw let me throw this bone at you then. <laughs> Out of the four losers <clears throat> from last night's Fatal Five Way at yeah. NXT in your house. He's the most likely to just be called right up within the next thirty days. None of them. Hypothetically, work with me here.
1: Hypothetically, Gargano, but they won't do that because he's got a stable and he's happy where he is. He he will be happy retiring as Johnny Takeover.
0: Oh, we know that. We know that
1: O'Reilly. They've proven O'Reilly can't fucking talk. Adam Cole is spinning his fucking wheels. And because it's he's not he, he thinks he's the next fucking Shawn Michaels and he's not.
0: By the way, love and the Garden Entrance jacket last and night. I fucking,
1: I fucking love Pete Dunn, but he's gonna get fucking hamstrung going up to the main roster because of his size. And I think I think the only thing that proved last night that they can accomplish out of this is that there's money in a Pete Dunn carrying crossfight because with Fans being in the audience, the biggest reaction was every time the two of them were facing off against each other. Touche, touche.
0: All
1: right, that's another back- thing. That's another thing. They could stick. What do you call it, Finn Balor? Right up, right up in the fucking rock. True. Finn and Drew would be there, some. There's, there's awesome been
0: talk of him being fucked up from that cross match. Was there? No, no news. I didn't no. think so. Okay. Uh, back to real quick Ricochet Umberto double count out cause Sheamus is an asshole um, I don't know what else to really say about that so we'll just move on <laughs> they went from fighting over a jacket and a hat to fighting over the most meaningless singles title in WWE anyways um, Kofi and MVP talking backstage who gives a shit Jeff Hardy goes over on Cedric Alexander who the fuck cares <laughs> the, uh, the
1: Cedric Alexander experiment is over. Three
0: Nikki and Os- over. Yeah. Nikki and Oscar beat Rhea and Charlotte in a tag match. Again, who really gives a shit? Um, there was basically bit it was basically a full hour and a half of who gives a shit. Um, <laughs> beats Drew Gulak, good for him. Fuck off. Uh, uh, fucking um, Mansoor. The last match, finally something decent. Kofi over Riddle. Um yeah, solid match. That's about as much as I'll put into it. But then we get to the highlight of the night, or should I say the low light of the night to end the show. Why do we have Shayna Baszler doing any dramatic acting at this point? Because it's funny. Has, has, nobody, <laughs> has, has nobody learned that she's a 40-year-old MMA fighter with not a drip of dramatic bone in her? Like, exactly. Which is why it's funny watching her try to act like she's afraid and running from a doll. It's fucking hilarious. It's the best comedy on television. It makes it's making corny comedy it makes well not corny comedy. It makes corny drama look even more corny. Like it looks or trust me, corny drama look more corny. Should I go that way instead of the corny? <laughs> like it's just god awful. Like we have, we have a legit badass MMA fighter scared of a goddamn six-inch tall doll. That's the fuck we've come to. You know we've made made... the
1: entire like horror movie franchise on
0: that shit, right? I- I'm well aware of Chucky, thank you very much. <laughs> but that's Hollywood. Like, that's, that's also, movies. Also, puppet
1: master. <laughs> what has what Vince been saying since 1998? This isn't Leprechaun. Fuck off, all right? What has Vince been saying since 1998? What do we really do here? We make movies.
0: Because the Marine franchise was so successful, anyways, um, made enough, made it made its money back. <laughs> barely. Um, I hate. I'm not saying too, it was good,
1: but how many times have they made a financial risk that didn't make its money back? Like as far as
0: <laughs> We'll find out with how Eva Marie does That's a financial risk Anyway. <laughs> um.
1: The only reason they're yeah. placating her is because she's fucking, uh, fucking Damien Priest
0: Huh Plus she was still married Yeah Oh, I guess I missed that news. Okay. that? Oh, fucking great. The dude wasn't even in the business that she was married to, though.
1: Yeah, but she wants back in the business because she's fucking a guy in the business.
0: Why him? I you know what? Don't answer that question because I know you don't like Damien. Don't fucking answer that question. <laughs> Do not answer that question. I rescind my question, sir. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna call, I'm gonna call my own objection, and I'm gonna sustain it. Okay? Yes. Did not answer that. Moving forward, balding jerk off. Uh, Smackdown, this past Friday. I said it for you because I know that's what you were thinking. Um, uh, Smackdown this past Friday. Um or should I call it uh, Days of Our Lives, the Roman Reigns and Jimmy Uso edition. Um so SmackDown basically was the Roman Reigns Roman Reigns Roman Reigns and Uso's show with four matches tucked in between all the segments. And uh, Ding Dong Hello, by the way. We can't forget Ding Dong Hello. Very important <laughs> segment. Um, so let's, let's let's roll through the matches first, and then we'll get to the segments portion. Owens and biggie beat Zane and Cruz. And now we have... Um, did they set up a rematch where instead of saying it's going to be Cruz and Aziz? I don't Aziz. fucking know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck they're doing with the Air Continental title anymore. Whatever. Uh, Liv Morgan beats Carmella. So now they're one apiece the last two weeks against each other. Who cares? Uh, Montez Ford wins by DQ over Chad Gale because a clean shaven Otis showed up. Oh. Man. Talk so about bad. a going only a mother could love. Goddamn. Oh. oh it looked like somebody shaved uh somebody took a ball a bulldog and decided yeah let's let's shave that down um what else what else what else what else um he has no chin oh look at me I'm fat I barely have a chin anyways
1: and you can see your chin
0: <laughs> barely thank you very much um Nakamura versus Corbin it's just you know something they they're Nakamura is having fun. <laughs> it, 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 I, I won't say that. At least, at, at, at least it looks like Shinsuke's enjoying himself and not, you know, I don't know. Oh. It's I will give you that. And it looks like Bugs is at least having fun. Yeah. You know, cuz he's on TV 3 weeks in a row. Um
1: <laughs> Hey, remember he's a former 24/7 champion.
0: There's been so many of those, I can't... I don't even remember that. Um,
1: (laughs) It was just like a couple months ago. Because he was the old Spice guy.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. (laughs) Rob Gronkowski was 24-7 champion. I don't give a shit. Um, I mean, no, actually, even worse. Bad Bunny was 24-7 champion. I don't give a shit. Um... All right, so the show opened with Jimmy Uso doing a promo. Eh, eh. Could've been worse, could've been better. Not too shabby. Emotion—I like the emotion of it at least. Um, and then eventually, towards the end of the show, we had this. This is where I'm lost. This is where I'm lost. We'll get to the very end of the show in a second. But this is what—this is what lost me. Everything. Since Jimmy Uso came back, was showing cards in the hand of WWE Creative saying, Oh, this is sitting for Jimmy versus Jay or Jimmy versus Roman. Then suddenly you have Roman go all Dwayne Johnson on us with the way he does a promo for this segment backstage. And that if was you didn't a hear
1: fucking promo,
0: if you didn't hear any Dwayne Johnson in his delivery, then you're a fucking idiot. Um the rock, okay? I'm it's the rock, okay? Dwayne Johnson's the rock. Fuck off. Um but now you're in a situation where now suddenly Jimmy's fallen into the ranks maybe? Not yet. Okay? Which leads me to a theory For as random as Ray versus Roman for the universal title in Hell in a Cell seems. I I know, I know. We'll get to the actual booking of that match in a second. But I think this is their fucked up roundabout way of officially setting up Jimmy versus Roman. I think it's going to be a point where It's gonna be one or two things is gonna happen. Either Jimmy gets involved to fuck Roman, or Jimmy gets in or we'll try to fuck Roman. I don't think they're gonna let Ray win the title, but Jimmy gets involved to try and fuck over Roman, or Jimmy gets involved thinking he's gonna fuck over Roman. The fans think he's gonna fuck over Roman, but he ends up fucking over Ray, and then they set something up at Money in the Bank to lead the SummerSlam between Jimmy and Roman. Which I think the latter is more possible, um, as far as the two options are concerned. I think the latter is more possible than the former, because um, he—I don't know. Um, let's get to the actual booking of this. So Roman power bombs Dominic out of the ring, clearly onto a crash pad. By the way, that they eventually moved before showing Dominic ringside. Because you uh-huh. can tell by the goddamn sound he wasn't falling on concrete. That yep. was a fucking crash pad. Yep. Um. But
1: at least their editing team knows to move the shit before the fans can see it.
0: <laughs> oh, hashtag AEW fail. Um, <laughs> and they don't have him talking to an agent like he's all happy, happy-go-lucky happy even though he has a fucked-up elbow. Um. So we went from... Him doing that and choking out Dominic to that get to a Universal title match. Like, there's no logic in the booking aside from maybe you having a Jimmy Uso interference angle involved in the match, which still doesn't make fucking sense to me, but whatever. Like, how, how do we get from point A to point B within seven days?
1: We don't, they just do it. They're like Ray Mysterio. We, they're like we put Ray in the main event before. We'll just do it again. And the catalyst is you beat up my kid. So now I want revenge. It wasn't
0: they. It wasn't they. It wasn't they? It wasn't they. Just want to do it. It's God damn it. Just put Ray in the cell. That's what it is. It's not they, sir. There's no day. <laughs> it's, it's it's a monarchy. Okay. It was
1: using the royal wing. Right.
0: <laughs> it's a monarchy led by King Vince and Queen Linda. Although Queen Linda doesn't do anything anymore. And then again, this Queen Elizabeth, so fuck off. Um <laughs> yeah. I just I don't know.
1: My my thought is it's gonna be like it's gonna look like Jay's having sympathy and then end up going full heel. And then it's gonna be so the full family's falling in line until Build money in the bank, and then Jay's. Or what do you call? And then Jimmy's going to somehow want going to want to get in a qualifier, and Roman's going to tell
0: him no. Or, or, or. What if they set up Jimmy versus Jay, money in the bank? If Jay Jimmy wins, he gets a shot. But if Jay wins, Jimmy is- to the online. They could do that too. Yes, booking on the fly. Ah. Uh. Uh, why not? That's what WWE does 95% of the time.
1: Um, You also answered your own earlier question, too, of where do we go after this shit with fucking Drew and Lashley is you've got money in the bank coming up. That is your chance to instantly make six new main events.
0: Do they have six humans to put in that? Well, actually, technically it would usually be what, three and three? Three from Raw, three from SmackDown?
1: No, they're oh, no because
0: they're, they're doing it. separate matches. Oh does that mean we're gonna have three ladder matches in one night again?
1: I think I don't even think they're gonna do a women's one money in the bank match this year. Oh,
0: thank the heavens. Um all right. Now let's fast forward to NXT TakeOver in your house. Uh, as much as I appreciate the idea of trying to legitimize Professional wrestling is a sport. Who the fuck is Justin Barrasso? Why does he belong on the pre show with Sam Roberts? Like, okay, let me put this out there. As a sports chunky, I knew who Justin Barrasso was. I knew who Arash Marcazzi was before he was doing these interviews on NXT.
2: Yeah. But
0: aside from sports nerd Brian, who the fuck knows these people? Gotta start somewhere. Fuck off. Like, at least bring in some, like, you could even do, like, you could even have Mackenzie Mitchell doing these interviews or doing the pre-show with Sam. Shit. It's not like Alicia Taylor is doing any ring announcing for pre-show matches. You could have fucking had Alicia Taylor doing the fucking pre-show with Sam Roberts. Like, what? what, Why? Why? Why?
1: Do I need to take it back to the very basics for you? Where did we all start in the pre-show? This guy's starting out. You got to put him somewhere
0: in the pre-show. They're not gonna do anything though. Like you're gonna. You only think they're gonna replace the pre-show cast they currently have with fucking Justin Barrasso and Arash Markazi? You're gonna replace uh, Booker and JBL and Peter Rosenberg with any of them? With no, oh, you're fucking get rid not. Of Peter
1: Rosenberg. Please.
0: Well, I'm Rosenberg, that whole that that Rosenberg chair is expendable. Not just Rosenberg. That chair is expendable. You could just have JBL Booker and whatever fucking host they're using these days. I'm assuming Kayla Braxton. I my <laughs> assumption. Kayla or uh, that Kevin Patrick guy on SmackDown, who's actually not half bad. Um, but like, ah. I, uh, I'm not even a fan of Sam Roberts being there, let alone the other two.
1: I used to be a fan of Sam Roberts.
0: Like, I'm okay then with he's,
1: Sam, but he he, he, he
0: Sam he was, was better be, as a great interviewer.
1: Sam trying to have a gimmick is stupid.
0: Thank you. That's exactly what I was getting at. Cheers with my Mountain Dew. Um <laughs> so that's the only thing credible about the pre-show to me. Um, cause everything was basically, it felt like that pre-show was literally, now I haven't watched, I don't watch NXT pre-shows typically. I don't like, I don't watch their pay-per-view, their takeover pre-shows usually, but so are all their takeover pre-shows basically like old nineties pre-shows where it's literally just, they usually canceled. don't have a pre-show. Haven't they had <laughs> pre-shows like last year or so? Not really. I don't know. I just felt like a canned 1990s version of a pre-show where they just Because it was
1: supposed of... to because it was in your house.
0: Oh, true.
1: That's why Stop. I'm telling you. The press Stop making sense. That, the press conference they did the day before was so much better. I just watched that.
0: <laughs> Which, by the way, I don't know if you saw this or heard this. <sighs> did you hear how something Karrion Cross said at that press conference came completely full circle last night? Okay. okay So fuck it We'll fast forward to the main event real quick So Apparently at the press conference Karrion Cross was asked Something to the effect of Does anything worry you going into this match Something to that right. effect yeah. the, o- the only thing he said worried him Was the potential for Kyle O'Reilly Making Adam Cole Tap out And yeah. how did that fucking match end last night Kyle O'Reilly had a double heel hook on Adam Cole, who's on the brink of tapping, and then Karrion Cross comes up behind O'Reilly, puts him in a choke essentially, and makes O'Reilly that's good pass. Story out. Yeah. Fucking beautiful. Oh I wanna know, if, I know yeah. who spoon fed that shit to them, because that
1: was beautiful. That's that's being able to go. I, I I was uh, particularly happy with Gargano's little fucking jab he got in on fucking Adam Cole from the press conference. I missed you miss it, it.
0: You'll have to fill me in.
1: He said, he said, the only thing I'm worried about, he's like, the only thing I'm concerned about is kicking Adam Cole's teeth in, which it's a good thing he has his number for a good dentist. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Go, Johnny. I fucking, I fucking popped in the living room. And the wife was like, what? I'm like, never mind. I'll tell you later.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> fucking hey Johnny good for you good for you that's it's that's a, that's a good one liner um yeah I mean wh- I guess we could just talk about that quick um the role of carrying cross throughout that match had a very Brock like presence to it yes and I don't mean that by the suplexes I just mean it as in. The general strategy they had the other four put together, involving Cross, Right. the throw through the door, the the power bomb under the table, nice U E drop there with O'Reilly and Cole. Um, you know, it, it, it felt very Brockish, um, but in a good way. In a good yeah. way, for once, it's a compliment. Um, yeah. So I liked the overall booking of how Cross came through in that match. Um and then you you had you had four of their solid workers filling in the blanks. So um I it got a little too
1: spotty at times
0: though. Agreed. Uh, I also agree with you that I think I think the underrated MVP of that match was Pete Dunn. Yes. Um I mean Johnny was Johnny, Adam was Adam. And this this adds fuel to the fire for when you say Kyle is never not going to get the push he wants. It's not, it goes beyond Mike, look how easily overshadowed he was last night. Yep. Like just by at like fuck fuck carrying cross, he was overshadowed by all three of the other challengers last night. Yep. And he has it just no felt like I don't I don't I don't think it's necessarily a fact that he doesn't belong. I think it's just... He's missing something. And he needs to figure out what that something is. You
1: can't throw sunglasses and a hipster fedora on a guy and expect him to just automatically have personality.
0: True. I agree. Uh, I I agree. Um, Because it doesn't work in real life. Yeah. So, now the question becomes... Because you know all about throwing on shades in a fedora, apparently. Um, when was the last time I wore a fedora? That's I, I was being a smartass. I was being sarcastic <laughs> when I said that. Um, I guess real quick, what, what's next for... Like, obviously, you think Dunn cross makes sense going forward, which I think they could easily do for Great American Bash. By the way, way to promote your next uh way to promote your next thing as a live USA event, not as a takeover. I mean I get the it's last bash a was a USA event. So there's true.
1: there's certain there's, there's certain events that have become live USA events. The fucking the bash, Halloween Havoc. I think there's one other like they do on USA, which is fuck fine. The re,
0: fuck the recant WCW shit, all right? Fuck it. Fuck it all! All right, I don't mind it. Just give it to Cody so he can ruin it more, okay? Oh. No. Oh. <laughs> no um, I, see, I
1: see them getting. I, I see them getting a brief program out of out uh, of cross and done. I see them feeding La Knight to cross in an embarrassment of a match. Oh no!
0: Oh yes! Oh yes! Oh! Oh yes! Don't do that to me, please. I see. You want to see him get destroyed. That's why. Yes, I do. No, no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to see it, period. It's not that I like It's not that I like Elijah. I mean, LA Knight. I just, no. Him no. Because
1: he's going to be all Omni New Ted DiBiase and they're going to be like, you know what Ted DiBiase did? He laid down for the champion for 20 Feed years.
0: Me more. Feed me. Oh, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> um. <laughs> you said feed him. I don't know. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> by the way, speaking of LA Night, um, uh, beating Grimes in the ladder match, um, they had the fucking thing in a goddamn
1: clear briefcase. It's a fucking ladder match for Christ's sakes!
0: Hang on, before we get, I just need to bring up one thing about that match: the ending. Did you notice how close we were to that spot being fucked up? Yeah. What did you notice about it?
1: (laughs) Them talking to each other too
0: much. (laughs) Okay. If you didn't notice it, you need to go back and, and check this out quick. Not now, but at some point. Watch how Grimes almost didn't clear the fucking top rope into the ladder.
1: Yeah. They like were trying he, to do... Fucking Sean and Razor did that exact same spot, and Sean cleared the rope.
0: If they were a couple inches more into the, the middle of the ring, then his heels get completely clicked out, clipped out from underneath him, and that's a lot more head and neck into the ladder yeah. than back. Yeah. Like He still kind of clipped the ropes as it is and somehow managed to have a relatively clean fall. But that was a couple inches from being disaster the way he came down. That was almost fucked. Um, what else did we have? Uh, MSK and Bronson Reed retain over Legato. Um, that
1: was what it was. It was okay.
0: Well, speaking of unsafe, and I think I mentioned this to you during the show last night, what the fuck is a 190-pound dude yeah, doing, doing a Mitsunoku driver on a, fucking on a 350-pound flight. guy? What right. the fuck? And on top of that, even if you know you can do it, you almost cracked his fucking neck the way you landed him. Uh, like, he didn't try to flap back that shit at all. He kept his, like, oh, my God. I cringed when it came. When I, I was just happy to see Brunsford move after that that near fall. Yeah. I was like, fuck. Like, that was not good. That did not look good. Um, I got to be honest. I don't remember what the decision was for the Xia mercedes martinez match. I was in the middle of making a bowl of cereal when it happened, so I don't fucking know. It was a good match. Good step in it. I, I watched the first half of it and I was intrigued, but I was also at the point where I have a ladder match and two title matches coming up. This is the only opportunity I'm gonna to have to go get a bowl of cereal. I'm gonna get a bowl of cereal for dinner. So that's what I did. Um, fuck off, it was Fruit Loops, it was delicious. Um So yeah. Sorry, it's honest. I'm I'm not gonna bullshit. I just had to be honest. Um, the other match in the car we didn't cover yet, Raquel rotating over Ember Moon. If you didn't see that coming, then you're a fucking idiot. Um, and that's that.
1: So. At least they gave out uh, that, that, at least they gave that a lot more leeway to continue the program. Correct. Because you can especially continue tag matches curve. out of that. Right. You can continue tag matches out of that. You can get Ember another fucking title shot out of it. Like, there's a lot of ways you can go with it.
0: Yes, sir. E. All right. So here's the last thing I want to bring up because I have a theory. I want to see if you're going to agree with with the theory or you're going to just tell me to shut the fuck up. (laughs) End of the show. Mackenzie Mitchell asks Regal about takeover, and he basically says it's bedlam, it's madness, and thinks it's time for a change. Obviously. Everyone assumes William Regal's going to step down as GM of NXT. Now, let's assume... Let's assume that's true. That Regal's going to step down as GM of NXT. Here are two theories that I have coming out of it. One, I'm pretty sure we discussed already in this program, but I'm going to throw it out there anyways. Let's hypothetically say him and the medical staff of the somehow believe he can do one more match. I-, I know. You're grabbing your neck. I know. But I'm saying, let's hypothetically a- say he got medically cleared for one more match. If it doesn't turn out to be Regal versus Adam Cole, I'm fucking quitting wrestling forever. Okay? That's number one. Because it's the only logical match that makes any sense for him at this point just because of the history. Number two, My theory for who the new GM would be. I'm pretty sure you've seen this theory, but I'm going to throw it out there. Samoa Joe. You're rolling your eyes, so I take it you don't agree with it or like it, but if you take the words to heart that Regal said at the end of the show, who else really makes sense at this point? Aside from maybe, although I don't think it's a good option, I think you should just stay the fuck out of it at this point. HPK or Triple H?
1: HPK. I'm sorry, so, but...
0: Just stay nobody- backstage. Dude.
1: Nobody... <sighs> What's Samoa Joe going to do? He sucks at talking. He always has. He was a shit commentator. He can't cut a... Fucking promo.
0: He Which fucking hurts you gonna fucking, fucking do.
1: He's the GM. It's kind of a focal point of talking. He'll speak 20 words at most a week. Doesn't matter. He can't even do that right. You want you need someone in that role that can command authority with a with an air of charisma that Regal has always fucking like Regal's always fucking been there for that. Fucking go back to looking at the takeover of Mania Week nobody gave a fuck about that cruiserweight titles unification match until shawn michael's walked out didn't say a goddamn word and just slid a ladder in the ring and walked away if you want someone fucking or you know something go even more fucking old school you got an you you got a fucking core of trainers there who can all fucking command fucking authority Fucking give it to Matt Bloom. No, why not? who's gonna fuck with him? No. What? No, why not? No, why not? No, who's gonna fuck with him? Look, oh, at just his- fucking put Terry Taylor in there then. Fuck off. All right, come on. No, because people will say Terry Taylor, go fuck yourself. People see Matt Bloom and go, I'm gonna listen to that motherfucker because they're afraid. Either that or you put in Sean because he's respected. Hell, you can put fucking Road Dog out there and get a huge ass fucking pop. Wait, 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 wait wait,
0: on, wait, 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 wait. Oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. We're, for, we're forgetting an important piece here. What? The one guy you haven't mentioned backstage yet. I'm going to tug on your heartstrings a little bit here, I hope. What's wrong with Steve Carino? Oh, come on.
1: Your modern WWE audience is not familiar with him. Oh. Sadly, that's, really that's
0: the sad. truth. That's sad. It's sad, but it's true. That's really sad, because some of the shit he did towards the end of ECW was oh, goddamn wonderful. And then the shit with him and KO and Jimmy Jacobson and Ring of Honor. I know. Forget about it. Forget yeah. about it. Um. All right. This time brings us to the hot list. We bring up a topic. We give our top five for it. This week, uh, brought to us from JJ, the mouth of babes. Um, it was challenging for me because my exposure to this has been limited. But I pushed through and I, f- I figured out... I had like roughly 10 to 12 different nominees. And I whittled it down to five. It's the five best indie wrestling matches we have seen in person. Um, Now, as a caveat, not caveat, but as a a stipulation to this, we'll say, um, JJ created his own stipulation where he was not allowed to Put on the list anything he had creative dealings in, anything he booked. Um, so I'm assuming this means no DPW stuff with saying that, correct?
1: No new, no no, no, no dissension pro wrestling stuff, correct?
0: Okay, so no dissension pro wrestling stuff. Uh, full disclosure, I have a DPW match on here, um, and I'm really torn. Because there was another one that was very close. Um, before we get into our top five, though, do you have any honorable mentions that you want to bring up? I do not. Okay. I will mention a few honorable mentions, um, just because one of them is going to make you laugh, at least one, maybe more. And then the other ones, you'll probably think I'm jerking you off, but I'm really not. Um, so... So, gotta to, to go chronologically. I'll, I'll go. Um, I'll go back to 2012. Sometime in 2012, I, I I don't know how the fuck I ended up there. but I ended up at some kind of American Legion Hall in Massachusetts, watching an EWA show. Do you remember EWA? Oh yes. Okay. On that show was the Purists, so Aaron Morrison and Justin Tunis against the Monarchy. Yep. Which. and Billy King. Right. With um Oh, fuck off, Brian. Um Why am I blanking on the name of their manager? Um Oh, this is awful. Who
1: was managing out of the Marshall? Time? Marshall McNeil.
0: Thank you. Marshall, Marshall gonna grab all your dicks. Yes.
1: Marshall's going to grab all your dicks.
0: Yes. Okay. I don't want to know what that's about. Um <laughs> okay, then we get to 2013, um, which was um in 2013 I had two matches so I I don't have on the list. One was the first show I ever ran with Envy for Dynasty Pro Wrestling. No, this is not me jerking him off or me off, but it's honest. Um, that table and he was TV champion, um faced a guy named Kikola who was based out of Pennsylvania at the time and he's down in Florida now. That was an excellent match. Um, That And then that same year at a different indie show in upstate New York that I was working as ring announcer. This is one I think that will make you laugh. No DQ, Bobby Ocean, and Len Oddity.
1: Oh God! If I had a nickel for every time we had fucking Will if I had Bobby Ocean work when
0: Now uh, the reason it's funny is because Len brought out his bag with him. Yep. Yeah. And what do you think Len pulled out of that bag that day? Robert Chicken. And well, no, he actually pulled out an actual KFC bucket, but good, close enough. Oh, what else do you he, think he pulled out?
1: Uh, Double sided dong. <laughs>
0: like, nope, is- nope. He pulled out watermelon. Oh, okay. And this is where it gets fucked up. The big bag of fuck him up. Yep. And the, what do you? This is where it gets really fucked up. What do you think? The last what the Last thing was he pulled out
1: bottle of fucking grape drink. Oh, the news. Yeah, you see. Okay. Good thing you said that. That was a callback to
0: that was a callback I mean, to something they did before. Yes. Oh Jesus Christ. Okay, Defiant go ahead. Pro,
1: Defiant Pro Wrestling TV taping 2008. East Main Street uh the fucking proving grounds dojo, dojo. Um one of the times one of the times we did this uh this was at a time where Bobby Ocean was tabbing, tagging with de Desade. They were known as Black Rage. Um, there would there had actually been a rash In Waterbury of people finding Nooses everywhere hanging like hanging From bridges and shit So they work at a tag match against Len Oddity and Chris Mooch Len comes out And goes and grabs into the bag And he goes I got something for you and he pulls out The rubber chicken on a noose
0: Wasn't there a rash of those again with a, a Amazon warehouse recently too Yes in, in Connecticut.
1: Connecticut.
0: Yep Holy shit I didn't know that story. Yep. Um, anyways, now, by the way, everyone understood it to be comedy that day. So I wanted to be known right out. This is not us condoning hangings of any sort.
1: Right.
0: It's right. just, if you know Len, Len and you know Bobby and you know their relationship, it was all pure comedy. Just putting that out there. All right. Yep. Um, another match. Now, I have four DPW matches as honorable mentions as well. Damn. I'm going to throw them out there quick. Masterminds versus closers. I actually didn't book that. That was as a favorite of PvP. (laughs) Idol and and Marshall had me laughing pretty much the entire fucking match. Yeah. Like I'd say probably the best comedy team match I saw. Yeah. Just because it's fucking Marshall and Johnny. I mean, fucking great. Um, And then three from the same fucking show. Damn. Gangone and Slick. Yep. It wasn't Gangone and Slick. It got changed?
1: Gangone was first. So it was Ken Broadway and Slick.
0: Right. And then Gangone came out at the match. Didn't he come out in the the match? He was ringside again
1: because that was originally supposed to happen. But Gangone got hurt three weeks before.
0: Okay, that's right. Alright, so I guess I could scratch it off the list My bad Um, Cruise and Fury Yep And then this was the one That I had a rough time Leaving off the list This is definitely like my 5A Probably the hardest hitting Strong style kind of match I've ever seen Was Bobby and Jay Freddy Yep That was very hard to leave off my list We had a banger of a first show Yep. That was a hard one to leave off my list, but I did. Anyways, uh, so let's get into it. Let's get into your number five, JJ.
1: All right. So my number five uh show I attended Woodbridge, Connecticut, Ring of Honor, back to basics. I believe it was April of two thousand and five or two thousand and four, I don't remember which. The opening match of that show, Nigel McGinnis. Versus in his first Ring of Honor match ever, and possibly his first match in New England as well, Claudio Castagnoli.
0: Wow. I'm assuming I only this,
1: read about Claudio.
0: Never because it was games. an opening match, I'm assuming this is pre-ROH title run for Nigel. Yes. Okay.
1: Yes, this so was this, around... Austin Aries was champ at the time.
0: So, and this is Nigel with spiky hair. Yeah.
1: Or sorry, Austin wasn't champ at the time. It was whoever... No, yeah, he was. Yeah, But yeah, it was spiky hair, Nigel, with the iron and all that shit, and Claudio still had long black hair. Came out in the suit with no sleeves. Oh, yeah. He was fresh from fucking Europe.
0: There's only one clip I've ever seen of that version of Claudio. And it's a popular clip. I'm sure you've seen it. Um, It was the finish of a match he had with Quackenbush. That was ungodly absurd where he like he somehow reversed a canadian destroyer into a pinfall it was fucking obscene if you haven't seen the clip go look it up it's as far as a finish all right so number five for me uh let me pull up my list again here we go number five what am i gonna put number five um I legitimately did not rank these one through five, so I'm just thinking on the top of my head. Uh, <laughs> number five. Number five. I'm gonna go because this match introduced me to two talents I'd only heard about but hadn't seen until this day. It was a two CW show, best of what's around, in May of 2013. Slick Wagner Brown versus Ar Fox. I legitimately had only heard of these guys, did not know them from, didn't know them from my neighbors down the street, had no fucking clue who they were or how they, how they worked. And they put on like, AR Fox was doing shit. You, you could only usually dream of first of all. And then slick was just so for a synonym, smooth Um, working with AR. It was, yeah. it was just a, a beautiful match to watch. And considering it was a two CW show that didn't shock me. And it was the only two CW show I got to go to before they shut down. Although they are restarting in the fall. I've heard. We'll see. Um, but yeah, that was also a show by the way, just so you know, that had Colin Delaney booked. It had Dalton castle booked. Kevin Owens was booked. Terry Funk was there. Spike Dudley. And there was like one other, I can't remember, but yeah, it was a, uh, it was an intrigue. It was an interesting show. Um, And I never want to see Terry Funk go through a table again. After I saw the way he went through a table that night, that was just no, sorry, Terry. So that's my number five. SWB AR Fox.
1: You actually just reminded me of something that would go on my honorable mention. And that was, um, First NEFW show I worked doing commentary, uh one of the matches that I, I got to call was AR Fox versus Jay Freddy which mm. was just so much fun.
0: I could and I could see that definitely.
1: It was it was great, and then afterwards it was the last match before intermission, and then Ox Baker cut this heel promo on him calling him fucking acrobats, and it was just hilarious.
0: <laughs> but the promo what during commentary? No,
1: like just on the live mic when intermission started. <laughs> I
0: miss Ox Baker so much. Oh, Ox. Oh, goodness me. Uh, all right. What's your number four?
1: So, my number four, um, like I said, I didn't put anything that I booked,
0: but I was present
1: backstage when this match was first booked. And uh, I was, uh, yeah, I was working as a plant in the crowd at the time. Uh, basically, a friend, a, a longtime friend of the Booker, showed up who was an amazing worker and said he was in town. And he said he was available. And he brought along a friend with him. And he said, uh, You know, do you, do you have a spot for my friend? And uh, my boss said, I suppose we could figure something out. And it was this very, uh, very polite young Irishman who turned to my boss and said, uh, Sir, you know, Uh, I I really appreciate it. I have an opportunity, and I promise you I'll put on as good of a performance as I can, and I just hope to impress you and uh, be part of this uh, fine show of yours. So my boss said, all right, you two are going to work each other. My number four, Defiant Pro Wrestling Redemption, November 2005, Southington, Connecticut. Eddie Edwards versus Virgil Debbitt. I need not say another word.
0: Jesus Christ. Okay. On the fly that day. I have no words. Okay. Um, It was wonderful. I I can imagine. I can imagine. (laughs) Um, Which is funny, because my number four also has Eddie Edwards. Um, (laughs) So it's November 2016. um, And this is one of the last shows I worked backstage helping run things for Dynasty. Um, Yes, it was a Dynasty show. Um, It was called title for title. Little did I know how the angle it was setting up, because for whatever reason, Chris decided to hide the ending of the show on me. Jerk uh, off. But anyways, um, excuse me. Um, Eddie Edwards, when he was TNA heavyweight champion against Mike Verna, who was our heavyweight champion at the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Terrific match. And Mike's obviously grown and done a lot of different things now. He's doing stuff with, uh, Beyond and Chaotic, and yeah, he's, a uh, Now he's just to figure out if he's going to be an actor or a wrestler coming soon. Um, God, love him. Or if he's going to be a baseball manager. Who the fuck knows? He does a lot of things. He's a jack-of-all-trades. So what ends up happening is Werner losing the match. Clean. So now we have Eddie as TNA Heavyweight Champion. Eddie has our belt. And I'm thinking... Chris, what the fuck are you doing? Chris, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> now, do you remember this story? I can't remember if I told you this off air or during this show. Remember the show I told you about that was in Massachusetts at that brewery that you were supposed to book? Okay. Yep. Remember that show I told you about the ladder match? Yep. It was, and it was essentially a Money in the Bank ladder match? Yep. The guy who had that briefcase who was not booked on the show comes through the curtain, lays out Edwards, tosses Verna out, has the referee ring the bell, and catches in his briefcase to become the new champion. And I wanted to punch Chris in the face for that. <laughs> um, the talent, by the way, that did that is a Mike Orlando, who's now in Florida, I think trying to run his own wrestling school, also while continuing to be a wrestler. Yeah. Um I was supposed to book him twice, both times some shit
1: happened. He backed out the day of the show.
0: I think I remember one of those. He was yeah. supposed
1: to work Brian Fury and his, no, sorry, he was supposed to work AJ Cruz and the axle on his car snapped on the Jersey Turnpike.
0: That's the one I remember. And That's he was supposed to work
1: Bobby Ocean and just no-showed me. How do you know show Bob? oh my
0: God how do you know show Bobby ocean Match. anyways i I'm not gonna make excuses there um I do remember the the axle snapping thing I do remember that yep. um but yeah so that's my that's my number four with a little backstory added into it because I love Chris but he totally kept me in the dark on that so fuck you Chris. go ahead. what's your number three?
1: So my number three um actually didn't have a name of the show it was actually a television taping. It was a actual, like, six hour long, like, four episodes television taping. Of a television so, very ring of honor of them. Yeah, of a television show that never aired. Oh, uh, terrific. Yeah. So, it was basically like, if you weren't at the show, like, you don't know about it.
0: Um, Sounds it like a RWE for the three months it existed. Anyways. Did <laughs> it. Dude, was,
1: it was uh, it was basically uh, from what I gathered, it was supposed to be the main event of the first or second episode.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. um, I remember the show started like way early in the day and like we were there all fucking day. Uh, NWA Cyberspace, Wayne, New Jersey, uh, uh, what do you call it? Summer of 2004, I believe. And uh, the match, like I said, it was like it was in the middle of the day, but it was the main event of that episode. Was the culmination blow-off match It was a dog-collar match Between Mana the Polynesian Warrior And Abyss And Holy shit, what a fucking match And I just remember sitting there saying I feel bad for anybody that's got to follow that I hope they're going intermission after this And they didn't
0: Way to kill the crowd in your first show Um Um it wasn't their first show. It was just they were like, because I'd been well, December, first, I been the December. end of the first show they were taping, I'm saying. Right. <laughs> I'm assuming it killed the crowd, right? I'll let you know. You'll hope oh, off. Oh. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So, my number three uh, goes back to a tag team I mentioned earlier. This was a match from. The first company I ever worked for in 2013 that survived for only six months, but in the midst of it, I mean, they booked some good talents that came in, it was just they couldn't get any momentum under them. I mean, they were booking Bill Carr, Antonio Thomas, Bobby Fish, pre Ring of Honor. Um, they booked JC Dunn versus Gold Dust, didn't they? Did I just steal your spot? No, that's not. Oh. That's not. That company. No. Oh. Oh. No. That's not. No. Oh, I thought you said this, was was, this is in New York. This is in New York. This is not in Connecticut. Oh. Okay. 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 I, I know where your head. I now. I, now I get it where you were going, but no, no not I, there. Sorry,
1: I was still focusing on. I thought you were mentioning RWE again. That was why. No. That was like the no. One good match no. they ever put on.
0: <laughs> no. No. Um. Number three was for the the tag team titles of that short-lived company. Your champions were the Monarchy with Marshall McNeil taking on, I'm sure you heard about this team at one point, the Peacock Experience, which was Dalton Castle. And for the life of me, I apologize. I don't remember his tag team partner's name but they were a legit tag team that ran all over the Indies. A lot of mostly like Western New York stuff. Cause that's where they, where Dalton was based out of. And I think that's where his partner was based out of too. Yeah. Um, but Dalton had since been in Albany working in radio and he was continuing his wrestling, uh, on the Indies. And he, and that was like, he decided to do a one-off quick with his partner, got him to come in from Buffalo for that show. And just from hilarity and entertainment purposes, it's not going to go down as the most technically gifted match I ever saw, but just from a an entertainment perspective, far away one of the most entertaining matches, uh, personality wise and, and just comedically I ever saw. So, Peacock experience in the Monarchy—that's number three for me. <clears throat> Uh oh! When you're humming, that's never good. Your humming means you're thinking of something devious, and I don't know if I like that or not.
1: No, no, no. The wife was texting me. Sorry.
0: I mean, I could shit on RWE while you're texting her, real quick. Yeah. No, no, no. I no. Way, what do you call? It?
1: By the way, the name of his tag partner was Will Calrissian.
0: I knew it was a, a, a long it didn't last. Get
1: Kid didn't get, like, like very far and stuff, but, yeah, I was familiar with the experience, yeah. All right, so, now I have to go back to my list. Yes, all right, so, where am I, number two? Yes, all right, number, so number two. two. So, number two, and this was a match I was actually ringside for as kind of a lumberjack, but not really. We were all just kind of there. Um, okay. It was a bunch of workers around the ring for the, for the duration of the match. Um, It was, it was a weird build on a weird show. And basically it was, we knew that both workers were looking to at least take some time off from the biz. So like, even the boys were left in the fucking dark on it. It was basically left up to the two guys in the match as to what was going to happen, even as far as who went over at the end.
0: That's not uh, a good... go ahead.
1: Yeah, it was Wrestle Jam Eleven, November two thousand and
0: thirteen. I think I know the match you're about to bring up because I were okay. Go ahead. I'll shut up.
1: Loser leaves Connecticut. Ladder match. Dave Cole versus Nocturne
0: Now originally I thought you were bringing up Originally (laughs)
1: up on top Of the ladder was supposed to be The Connecticut's next best Thing trophy which was this Stupid bullshit Fucking trophy that these shit Companies were using Instead of actually having like it was being Used at like fucking PGW and POVW and Wrestle Jam And no one gave a fuck about it so much to the fact that the two guys in the match did not give a fuck about it. So instead, we were told the day of the show, um, basically when uh, Defiant Pro Wrestling had closed its doors, um, Nocturne was actually, at the time, the cruiserweight and television champion. He had won both titles, uh, respectively, in the last like few months we were in operation. Mm-hmm. So we got a phone call, and sure enough, we came out and we were like, nope, the Connecticut's next best thing trophy is not being hung above this ring. These two titles are. So, out of not being in circulation for two and a half years, out of they were just like, you know, something. No, we are Mike's boys. So, this is an officially sanctioned DPW match. Fucking hoisted them up. Vinny Lacks was the fucking ref. Now, fucking
0: hacked wow well no, no that in a
1: while oh yeah well so here's the funny thing there was actually another kid that was supposed to ref the match and the thing was our referees always wore red uh fucking uh, uh red either red polo shirts or red t-shirts when they ref. Mm-hmm. So that's because our colors are red and black so right. literally vinny comes running out at the beginning of the match when we announced that those belts would become fucking takes the ref Shit, cans him out of the ring, yanks off his ref shirt to have a red DPW fucking t-shirt on underneath. (laughs) And you want to okay? So getting to the match, like the memory, just of that. Like the match started off hot. The opening spot of the match was fucking Dave Cole walking out of ringside and Nocturne throwing the ladder in his face, fucking, and then diving onto him if you want to talk about spots where you want to talk about dangerous ladder spots, the end of that match with the fucking, that, that was like a 20 foot tall ladder. And it was like both of them on the top struggling and shit and fucking Dave Cole getting hoisted off that ladder out of the ring onto a fucking table outside of the ring. Like all of us just swarmed on Dave. We thought he was dead. Like the amount of emotions coupled with how great of a match it was was just it um I got fucked on pay that night, but I wouldn't have missed it for the world. Was CC LaSalle the ring announcer for this? No, he wasn't.
0: Are you sure?
1: He might have come in for that last spot, but I don't remember him being here. I mean, Which Wrestle Jam
0: remember- was it? This is Wrestle Jam 11, right?
1: Wrestle Jam 11, yeah. And fucking most All of right. the time it was that little piece of shit Jared, Jared Silvercliffe that was the fucking ring. Right.
0: Listen, right. I I I can't help myself. I'm pulling this up right now. Hang on.
1: CeCe might have come out to announce that match,
0: like I said. It, it shows him ring announcing right now.
1: Okay, so it must have been.
0: Okay, so... Oh, the match is over at this point. Hold on. I didn't, I missed the spot then. <laughs> Cole wins by submission. I see that. Hang on. Cole wins by submission. No, so it's not Wrestle
1: Jam 11, then.
0: I must well, there's a ladder up. in the ring, and there's a table in the ring. Package pile driver by Cole. Sorry, Cole I know I'm win. giving... Cole didn't win, so I know that... <laughs> well, this is November 2013. So, there's a chair on top. They were both on the ladder, you said? Oh yeah, this is definitely not it because there's no titles being hung over the over the ring. Yeah. No, that All was right.
1: so it was WrestleMania Jam 10. Because okay. WrestleMania 11 is when they had the rematch for fucking Dave to start wrestling in Connecticut again.
0: Okay. Um. True hmm. sure was was it 9 or 10?
1: It must have been 10 because, like, it's the biggest crowd he ever fucking had at a fucking
0: show. So they wrestled three wrestle gyms in a row? Yeah. Well, wait, here's Vinny with a red shirt on. Was Mies ringside? Mies was ringside, I was
1: ringside, there were a lot of people ringside. Did they hug at the beginning of the match? Either beginning or the end. And then they. Fucking oh, it
0: shows them shaking hands and hug. Yeah. Oh, there's a the ladder going to his head. Okay. So that's how the match starts. All right. I think I found so it. it was Wrestle Jam career? Nine. What? Where's the belts though? I'm trying to find the.
1: Loser belts. leaves Connecticut. Yep. Wrestle Jam Nine. Sorry. So it was September 2012. Okay. This is how forgettable the Wrestle Jam shows were in general.
0: Oh, there's Tanya ringside. Oh, I miss Tanya. Yep. All right, I think... Oh, there's the titles. Jesus Christ, those were high. Yep. All right, so they're both on the ladder. Vinny's begging them to not do something stupid. So I'm guessing this is the spot. All right. So Dave wants to suplex Nocturne. Did you see Dave back in the ring, by the way, a week or two ago? Yep. Looks like turn wanted to do sliced bread. Dave stops him. This could Arachno go on 5, forever. Arachnophobia, yeah, not sliced bread. Well, you know what I meant. I know, I know. Double underhook. What the fuck is he trying to do here? Oh, no. No, no fucking way. They're so high, looks like his feet could hit that fucking divider. Well, not from that angle, but...
1: It was the fucking Shelton Boys and Girls Club. That fucking that gymnasium is huge.
0: He doesn't know. Oh my oh! He didn't even hit the fucking table. Yeah. Oh. He's lucky he landed on his feet. Uh-huh. Jesus Christ. What the fuck is he thinking? Oh wow. hot damn I'm sorry I had when you explained the spot I had to look it up Jesus Christ
1: you want to know what the killer is you know what Go the ahead. match you know what the match before that was
0: oh God what was it
1: Ryan Fury Wicked, and Jerry Lynn
0: <laughs> wow <laughs> that's a, that's a pretty good card Wow um, no, those
1: are the only two good spots on the card. Trust me, I managed to show, um, I managed to match on that
0: card. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, number two. Number two, I'm going to go with the. Man, I'm. Oh. I told you I didn't rank these ahead of time, so I'm just going off gut right now. Cause that's the way I wanted to fucking do it. Um, by the way, has Nock ever talked about even thinking about getting back in there? No. Yeah, I didn't think so.
1: His wife Too will much- kill
0: him. Hmm. And I, I know her, so yeah, she will kill him. Um, she crazy like that? Um, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We love you. We love. You. We get her in
1: the divorce though.
0: Who's, who's, we, you're saying we is in dissension, aren't you? Isn't that what that's what you mean? Like in that,
1: like the family of people, we get Carol. Okay. Right. <laughs> Bye, knock. See ya. Carol, it's Carl already knows. been arranged. It's ju- it's just like if me and the wife get divorced, everyone gets the wife, and I'm asked out. So
0: Jesus. All right. <laughs> um. All right. I'm gonna. Uh, all right. What I'm about to say is my number two is not to kiss your ass because I think you already know what number one is for me because I was kind of teasing it when we were talking last week. Number two is a match we've already discussed on the show. Or at least I've discussed. NEFW in May of 2013, I believe it was. Um, I believe we established it was title for title. JT Dunn, Johnny Gargano. Yep, uh, Gargano was the Dragon Gate USA Open the Gate champion. JT was the U.S. champ in NEFW, and it was booked as title for title. And they then I
1: didn't do, they didn't do title for title.
0: Or was it just for the Dragon Gate title?
1: Uh, I'm trying to remember because they went one and one in their series.
0: Because I know the U.S. Um, title didn't go anywhere, so it must meant for the Open the Gate title
1: cuz Dunn didn't go over, right?
0: No, it was it was Johnny.
1: Yeah,
0: so it was yeah. Um It's Johnny fucking Gargano. Do I need to explain anything best? else? And then you add in Dunn who's not too shabby himself. And you know, it was it was damn good. And then my number one, you I think I'm kissing your ass, but we'll get to that in a second. Go ahead with your number one first.
1: Okay, so my number one. Do you remember how I was talking about that dog collar match in
0: Jersey? Yes.
1: you remember how I said I feel sorry for who comes out after that?
0: What came out after that, JJ?
1: What came out after that was two guys who did not give a fuck and said, you're making us go out after that? Fuck you. We are going to pop this crowd fucking forever. And oh, by the way, oh, you're giving us 10 minutes? We're going to go 20. And you're gonna Whoops. have to ring the bell on us. The match ended in a draw. Because literally, and I am telling you, at one point, there was a manager in Jersey at the time called JT Dramer. He was he was also a backstage agent. He right. fucking walked, he walks out of the entranceway. We're, we're at a Jersey PAL building, so there's athletic equipment and shit. Right. We, he walks out of the entranceway. Holding up a home plate. That's (laughs) pretty blunt. And the two guys looking to just fucking flip them off and keep going. That's pretty good. (laughs) That match greatest match I have ever seen live and probably will be till the day I die. Matt Stryker versus Chris Candido. They just if, went, it was supposed to be a 10 minute TV filler match and they said, fuck you. They went all over the arena, finisher for finisher for finisher, doing every current WWE guy's finisher.
0: If if you <laughs> if I was asked to place a bet on the most obscure name to be on your list, I don't think I could have been paid enough to say Matt Stryker. I would have never guessed that. Really? Yeah. I love Matt. Well, c- well, not not because of you. I'm just saying, like, when people think about, like, when people think about Matt Striker, they don't think superbly above average wrestling talent. They think they usually, first of all they usually think Matt Stryker the announcer. They don't even think about Matt Striker the wrestler.
2: Really? And second
0: of all, when they do think of Matt Striker the wrestler, they think of the the teacher bullshit gimmick that he had in WWE. Right. So I don't even really think of him as a like an actual talent. Right. I'm not saying I disagree with you, I'm just saying that's quite the pick up. Alright, okay. I wonder if the there's the most fun
1: I've ever had in the crowd.
0: Matt Stryker. Out of curiosity, I'm gonna see if this is if
1: there is footage, I'd like Chris <laughs> can.
0: Oh, my fucking God.
1: Is there? Uh,
0: Get out of here. Chris Candido versus Matt Stryker, March 2005, NWA Cyberspace Wrestling Federation. That's it. Oh, my goodness. And Stryker, all right, so he's in a t-shirt and blue trunks. Let's see what Candido. Candido carrying the towel. God, wasn't this like right before his passing?
1: Or was um, that a few years later? No, it was about a year before. Okay. Because this was, this was clean Candido. Stryker's so wearing know. a Bad Street USA t-shirt. Bitch, yep, right? I just pulled it up on YouTube. This is the shit. This He's is wearing is a my Bad shit. Street
0: USA shirt. And he has fake gold medals around his neck. What a dick. You gotta love it. Um, This is
1: right after he did the fucking spot doing the fucking angle challenge on TV. Oh
0: oh, 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 and he was
1: feuding with he was feuding with Slick Wagner Brown during this TV during this TV series about it.
0: (laughs) Oh goodness me. All right. Um but yeah, see that timestamp? 22 minutes. Yeah. And the bell hasn't even rung yet. It's been two minutes of intros. Go figure. That's indie wrestling. Um. All right. My number one. I promise this is not to jerk you off. <laughs> Four corner elimination for the DPW title. Oh, wow. Bobby Ocean, Action Ortiz, Ben Ortiz, however the fuck you know him. Uh, Justin Tunis, ZPB. Nice. I mean, the first of all, the build that led to that match, where first of all, you have the build to the match, which was all the qualifying matches from the previous show, and then you then you factor in. Tunis, and correct me if I'm wrong, I th- think this is the match. Um. Oh, forgive me. Who was with him in his corner? Um. <laughs> yes. Is that the match where he, he says fuck you to Danucci, basically? No. That or was, was that the sure. following show? That okay.
1: Following.
0: But it was kind of laying the groundwork, right? Because doesn't Danucci cost him the fall? Part of that, I think. think just incredible. Super kicked him. Oh right, because Credible was a special referee. That's right. Okay, so Credible's a special referee, and Danuch between. What's well, so so between those two things that fucks Justin out of the pinfall? And let me say that uh, Justin Tunis pretending to, although he may think it in his own mind, pretending to be Jesus Christ is probably one of the greatest incarnation of indie wrestling characters I've seen in a while. Because he's just—he's if you don't know Justin Tunis, just look up his shit. Like he
1: thinks he's Jesus in real
0: life. And but (laughs) beside the point, (laughs) the the stuff he does at shows like it's—it's some funny shit. Um, ZPB is ZPB, even without Billy King by his side, without the monarchy thing anymore. It's—it's Zach, like. You can't go wrong with that. And then you're ending with... You want to talk about two guys who just don't give a fuck and want to hit each other as hard as they fucking can. Bobby and Ortiz. I mean, it go it goes right up there with Ocean and Freddy. Um, yeah. Just... And that was one of his last matches, wasn't it? Ortiz? One of... Yeah, we had two like, more for us. Yeah. Yeah. And then that was pretty, that was, that was it. So, um, is there a story behind that, by the way, that I don't know about, like, is he, was he a product of somebody within the company at one point? What do you mean? Ortiz, like, was he trained by somebody that was affiliated with the company?
1: Did he get no, a start? Was, uh, uh, I, I was impressed with him. He was, he's Woods boy. Wood was okay. Wood discharged
0: yeah. for him, and oh, I, he, was, I, he was doing ISW with the bunny gimmick. Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, but I he had no was, problem
1: with him because he was fucking great.
0: Well, yeah, of course. Um, because I remember him coming in to my area once or twice and doing shows before he did the DPW shows. Right. Um, I totally
1: fucked up on on passing on him. That's right. Well was it he Top was prospect? Project? Yeah, he was that same thing with fucking punishment Martinez and shit. He was in there. They fucking oh. the all with them. I'm pretty uh. sure that's why after they didn't sign him, he was like, Well, I'm gonna do this when I fucking feel like it.
0: Oh, Ring of Honor. Oh fuck me. Yeah. Um I almost forgot about his shit with inner species. That makes sense now, considering yeah. Who you said. Okay, that makes sense. How is that asshole doing, anyways?
1: He's doing all right. He's fucking trading fucking stocks and cryptos and doing well for himself.
0: Yeah, Woods, we love you. We love you. Well, I don't know. Love might be a strong word for him. Anyways, (laughs) um, just, it's an Audi, not an Innie. Um, And I'm not talking about belly buttons either. Anyways. (laughs) Um, yeah, do I, have, do I have anything else? Do you have anything else? Comments, questions, concerns? Uh, anything I missed? Anything you missed? I, I don't know. I think that pretty much covers it all. Nothing I want to rant about on air. I can't wait to see even Marie. Uh. <laughs> oh man, that's that's good. Co- I uh, they are so lucky they still don't have a fucking crowd yet because you know how bad she'll get shit on. Mm-hmm. First, uh, it's it still doesn't make sense to me. It still makes no sense to me why they are why they brought her back.
1: Like I want to like, see. Like, unfortunately, it's not going to happen. But I would love to see who gets the more go the fuck away. He fucking even Marie or Dominic Mysterio
0: or well, i going to say or Bobby Lashley. But yeah, I'd say those two are the top nominees. Yeah. Um. Oh, I don't know. I'm just crossing my fingers and hoping for the best. Honestly. <laughs> uh, that being said, um, yeah, I'm good. You're good. Yeah, I'm good. All right, all right. Uh, off of chops. No, I, I can't do a Jessica K impersonation. Um. <laughs> So, yeah, I forgot to even mention at the start of the show, I'm an asshole. Uh, our Twitters have been scrolling the entire time the last two hours. Uh, if you listen to the audio version, it's at Brian Katie. That's my first and last name. Uh, for JJ, it's at JJ underscore Alexander. And if you feel like pissing and moaning and complaining about anything we've said, that's the email, brian.cady at com. Think of Godzilla minus the D, Godzillamedia.com. There you go. Uh, for JJ Alexander, I'm Brian Katie. And this has been another edition of White Heated Wrestling Podcast. Enjoy your week. As Ian Riccoboni would say,
2: happy wrestling.